0: God, we do just, we come before you, Lord, and we we sing songs of praise because it overflows from our life that you are sovereign and that you are the God of all creation and that you love us and you care for us deeply. And we we just ask, God, that you will speak tonight. Lord, we just stand here and say, and, and all of the noise and all of the stuff that is going on, please help us to hear your voice. Help us to catch your heart tonight. Lord, help us to understand a little bit more about you, about who you've created, created us to be, about the incredible hope that you have for us and for all humanity. We ask this in the beautiful name of Jesus. And everyone who agreed with that prayer said, Amen. Cool, you guys can grab a seat. Hey, my name is Julia, if I haven't met you before. And um, and it really is my privilege tonight to be able to carry on in the third week of this series called I Will Follow. And so I want to start with a little thought. Um, Has anyone gone traveling recently? Who's got a passport? Who's got a passport? Who loves like the microchips that are in the passports now? That as you start coming home, it gets faster and faster as you go through customs, and I love so much being able to walk, walk, to walk up, swipe the card, takes a photo. Does anyone else ever think, man, they must have a stockpile of, like, super attractive photos of all of us? You know, when you're getting off a long-haul flight and you're like, you're not allowed to smile, you're like, I'm not looking so crash hot right now. I'm like, if someone released all of those, man. But anyway, and it scans it. And and as you get closer and closer to home, it gets faster and faster because, you're a citizen of that nation. You get to travel on a, a passport issued by, by your sovereign government, right? And as I've got to, got to do some travel recently, I've learned actually the incredible privilege that it is to be able to travel on a New Zealand passport. Like There are so many places that we can go that other people can't. Um, like I, my cousin has dual citizenship, and there's places where she will travel on her New Zealand passport and not her American passport because they let her in on her New Zealand passport and they don't on her American. You know, there's places where you can't go if you've been, you've got a stamp from another country, all because it it signifies your allegiance, it signifies your loyalties, it signifies your citizenship. And so as I was kind of thinking about this in in the context to the topic and what we've been talking about, this whole concept of allegiance and and citizenship has been something that I've been mulling over and, and thinking about. And so the concept of allegiance, by definition, is a loyalty or commitment to a superior or a group or a cause. And if you look at like the little definition that they give it is um, those wishing to receive citizenship must swear allegiance to a republic. So is there anyone here that has been part of a citizenship ceremony here in New Zealand? Yeah, a few. So I'm told that you guys have to actually take an oath of citizenship, declaring your allegiance to your new country. Is that what you guys, yeah, you had to do? And for all in, from the people that I've chatted to, they said it's actually quite a significant moment um, for them. And so it got me thinking, and it reminded me of a story that we talk about when um, we're taking people through our um, preparation for baptism course here at church. And there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, and it talks about the journey. It's referring back to the journey of the Israelites. So previously, had they had been under the... Under the rule of Pharaoh, right? We know this—the story of Moses and all the signs and wonders and all of those things—and Pharaoh getting to the point where he's like, "Fine, just, just take them," and then so they, they go out, and then he changes his mind and he starts to chase them down, and and they get to the sea, and and obviously Moses, you know, parts it and they walk through it. But there's a scripture in Corinthians, and it says. They went through the waters in baptism like ours as Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation life. See, on one side of that sea, they were slaves to Pharaoh. What he commanded was what they had to do. What he determined was how they lived. What he valued was the things that they had to live by. But as they went through those waters, and just like we would do that now through baptism, on the other side, they were under God's rule and reign. No longer was it Pharaoh determining their values and how they lived, but now their community, their faith, their values for life was determined by their sovereign God. He was the one that was leading and guiding. He was the one who was telling them and leading them and saying how and shaping them and how to love and care for each other. How their rhythms and, and daily values of life were to reflect a This relationship with God were to reflect this value from life, which was so distinct and different from any of the other people that were around them at the time. The goal of that was that people would look to them and see what it was like to live in relationship with God. See, if we fast forward then to the book of Mark, we are... He has put together all of these accounts of, of Jesus and who he was and the things that he was doing. And he was giving explanation to who this Jesus was and what he, what he meant when he lived and walked on this earth. We get to this point in Mark chapter 8 where there is a defining moment where he asks his disciples, he's like, who do you say I am? And there is this moment where, they, where he realizes that he is the Messiah. He is the one, the Savior that they have been waiting for. All of that time throughout the Old Testament, it was this promise of a sovereign, of a king who was going to come with authority and was going to restore the rule and reign of the heart of God. See, at that time, they were living under an occupation where It was all about power. It was all about being vindicated. It was all about, you know, it wasn't about the lowly. It was about the power and the authority and and the empires and the rule and reign. And the Jews were oppressed under this. They were living in that place. And their hope was that this Messiah, this sovereign, would come and that he would restore them to a place of power and a place of honor within this empire. And so that's what they were looking out for. They were looking out for a a commander of an army, someone with great authority, someone who was going to assert that authority and raise them up. But instead, there is this moment of recognition where this Messiah has come. Where God has come and has dwelt among his people. And he has brought the man that is going to bring restoration. And he has brought the man that is going to usher in this kingdom that he had promised. But instead of a powerful army commander, they were confronted with a man Who lowered himself to the position of servant. Who would wash the feet of others while also raising the dead. A man who healed blind beggars and fed multitudes of hungry people. He gave value to prostitutes and he taught profound truth to the greatest leaders and teachers of the day. Who told children that his kingdom was a place where they could belong. He was a man who taught that all people could come and belong in this kingdom that he, had, that, he was, that he was ushering in. It was an upside-down kingdom that challenged all of the values of that time, that he was not raising people up to power to, to lord it over, but instead he was lowering himself to be a servant king humbly pouring out compassion amongst people and within that expressing the love and compassion of his father God. See the kingdom had come but the king was not what they had expected. And then when he was crucified it was written above him not claimed to be king of the Jews but king of the Jews And with a mock crown of thorns pushed into his head with blood running down. In that moment that he died, within the earthquake that happened, within the splitting of the curtain that separated the place of the Holy of Holies and the rest of the holy Temple, In that moment, with the mocking crown upon his head, he asserted his authority as the sovereign king, giving up his own life to reconcile his people, torn apart by pain and brokenness to his kingdom, in which their healing, salvation, and eternity existed. In his resurrection, he was restoring our opportunity to full citizenship of his kingdom and allegiance to his sovereign reign. My life and my values are shaped by the values of my king. I now live under his kingdom rule, a citizen of his kingdom, a child of the Most High King. My authority comes from the citizenship that he has given me and comes out of the relationship that he has given me with the Father. And I guess I just encourage you tonight, Dave is, is going to come and he's, he's going to sing a song that we've chosen. You can come now, Dave. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> but I guess I, for a couple of moments, I just want you to kind of think and reflect on what does it mean to you that he is the king of kings? What does it mean to you that Jesus is your king? What does it mean that your allegiance, your citizenship is now to his kingdom and to his kingdom rule? See, when I look at that phrase, I will follow, for me, I then think I will follow because he is my king. And my allegiance is to him and to his kingdom.
1: Welcome uh, to this next part of tonight. And uh, we get an opportunity to chat through some of the things that uh, Julia has raised. And tonight on the couch, we have Alex and Alistair and uh, Julia and I am Dave. And um, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. This is, a, this is an interesting concept and one that, I mean, I, th- I think about Jesus as my king that's that's a sort of kind of a, a phrase that we use a lot, but mm. allegiance is kind of a new thought for me, I think. And um, I guess uh, you talked about the passport thing, but could you actually start even just keep going into this? Where did this even thought even come from? Allegiance? What? Why? Allegiance? Is that is that how God wants us to follow Him? Is that the main thing? How does it all fit in the big picture of following Jesus?
0: I think what what is it that's determining our values? Like what is it that's actually Overall, shaping shaping our lives and, and the things that you know our our finance, our relationships, how we treat people. I guess even when we when we go to different countries, we see that as as New Zealanders, there's things that we we value that um, you know is is different to other places. Like you know, travelling throughout you know parts of Asia and. And seeing there's, there's a lot of rubbish around the place, and talking with Kiwis, and we're like, we just can't understand it. We want to be a tidy Kiwi. And we want to we want to pick it all up, and and going actually, there's things that have shaped us because we because of our, our citizenship, because of 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 where you know what we we are aligned to, where our allegiances are, and going actually, what does that look like within our our faith? And going if if he is if God is my sovereign, if he is my king. And, and these are the values of an upside-down kingdom. How does, that, how does that shape? And it, I want to say trumps, but that's not the right word in this context. But, you know, that overarches everything, any other government or, or council, anything that I come under, actually, his sovereign rule and reign is above all of those things.
1: All right. Well, okay, that opens up the next question, I think, for all of us to try and pitch into. So what are some things that being a citizen of God's kingdom then, what are some values then that, that, you, that, that shapes in your life that you feel that you are uh, f- showing your allegiance to the king by doing this thing, which is not necessarily a value or something that's shaped by c- uh, community or even by your own desires? What are some things that you've seen in your own life that you can respond to there?
2: I think um, the most obvious one is knowing your place in the kingdom or knowing where you kind of have been set to serve in the kingdom. Because a lot of us growing up as Christians, we kind of want to be like, oh, man, I want to serve the church. I want to get out there, and I want to disciple the nations. You know, I want to be overseas doing mission work and everything. But for a lot of us, it's actually God's placed us in our workplaces to be encouragements to the people who we're working with and in our church, um, encouraging our family and our friends and our life groups and everything. And in my personal journey, I've just come out of uni, and I was kind of wondering how God would use me with my degree and everything. And he actually placed me in this place called Kingdom Resources, which is kind of a fitting, uh, you know, fitting position for this this topic. Um, and I was like, oh, sweet, it's this great bunch of Christian people. I'll be able to be a real encouragement to the community and everything. Um, but I'm not actually working with the clients that we're working with. The main thing is kind of budget advice and helping out those in real low socioeconomic kind of statuses. Um, and so these budget advisors are doing all this awesome work in the community, serving the church, really outliving the love of Jesus. But I'm not one of the budget advisors, I'm the, I'm the financial administrator there, um, so to me that was like, oh, flip, I'm here, I'm in this place where all these people are being reached, but I'm not helping to reach them, but then I, I was talking to Carl, actually, a couple of, or a few weeks ago, um, and he was like, no, 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 some, some people are actually called to be encouragements to other Christians, and so it's just, um, you know, I'm able to encourage these Christians, I'm able to help them do the job that they're then set out to do in God's kingdom, so we're all kind of aligned in our own place in the kingdom, yeah
3: too it's it is a it's a real learning journey as we go through it and I'm I re- really encouraged when I think about God's kingdom and the challenges and the things he's put in front of me when I think about the Israelite people and the number of times they needed to get reminded of yeah. the things that God had already shown them yeah. and and I know when I first started to get my head around that I thought why do they need to be reminded that all the time and then I realized how encouraging that was for me because I started to realize that it's about the learning along the journey. It's about the being reminded of those things. And I think that we have a real responsibility, and I think about it as a father, the responsibility that I have to to encourage my kids to learn some of those stories, to understand some of those things that are there, to understand what it means to, to follow Christ and what that's about. And part of that's about talking about some of those stories. And um, Deuteronomy talks about from the moment when you wake up, when you go to bed when you sit down, when you walk along the road, impressing and talking about his stories. Um, And so I think it is about those everyday things. And sometimes we get those chances to do that really overtly, and other times it's really, really subtle. And and it's those looking for those opportunities along the way. And I remember teaching in a state boys' school for for 10 years and thinking, what do I do and how do I express my faith in this context? And to get to a point of realising that hang on, there's a whole lot of quotes that are sitting on our school notices every day. And to be able to take control of that a little bit and to put God's word into Shirley boys' school notices every single day, as we had proverbs directly from his word being read to boys across a boys' school in Shirley for every single day of the year, and going... It's finding those and saying, what is it that God's put in front of me? What can I do with the things that he's put in
1: my hand to to reach out? Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think sometimes I find the language of the kingdom almost negative. Uh, no, no, sorry. Uh, almost unhelpful because you think about a king. Jesus is my king. So what my citizenship looks like to a king is that I'm his servant, right? Mm-hmm. And then Jesus came as the king, but he was the servant and he served the people and then he said this is what be like me in serving so um i guess one question that's come through here is what if we've gone through the waters of baptism like the israelites went through but we're still feeling enslaved by the world that we supposedly left behind am i still a citizen citizen of his kingdom so this servant versus citizenship or slave versus citizenship can we talk about that for a minute
0: yeah, absolutely. I think definitely still a citizen. I think we're all we're all a work in progress, and um, it's something I've kind of been thinking about this this week. Was going, you know, his his kingdom come, but is the king's the king's in the capital, and he's preparing a place for us, and we live in the the outskirts in the provinces currently. And so, you know, we know that he is there. We know that he is working. We know that we are living under his dominion, his rule and reign. But it's his Holy Spirit that actually... Um, you know is governing and is overseeing you know where we are currently and is you know and is making sure that his kingdom is coming and being implemented and so I guess kind of that encouragement that it's it 's a now but not yet kingdom like we we are still living in the in these lands, but he is still sovereign and he is working and he is he is shaping us and he is changing us and it 's not that we're changed in in a flash like but it 's actually as we live in community, as we value the things that he values, as we, you know, together work out this, the stories and live this out, that actually we're changed and we're healed and we're, we're made whole. And
1: well, I, I, God doesn't want us to feel like a slave to anybody, mm-hmm. right? And that's the wrong kind of mentality to have <laughs> in regard to anything, right? Um, somebody's come in with a question here. What kind of kingdom are we a part of? What does upside-down kingdom mean because that's a phrase you used in your message what does it mean
3: for me one of the things about an upside down kingdom is just that idea that we're saved through grace um, and grace alone and that because of that we can't do anything it's not about what we've done it's not about um, what we might do in the future it's not about what's going on in our lives so much it's a matter of this wonderful gift that God's given us undeserved completely that he says Because I love you so much, I'm going to offer you this gift of salvation. And for me, that's totally upside down because I can't do anything about earning it. I don't deserve it, and I very much don't deserve it. But God's saying, I'm going to put you in my kingdom. Um, In fact, he kind of almost, for me, goes further than that because he says, I'm going to make you my son. And he does that in spite of, um, or maybe because of. Um, the person that he loves and is made in me as a total gift. And to me, that's already completely upside down.
2: Um, I think Jesus kind of outlived the idea of an upside down kingdom in his time on earth. Because at the time that he was kind of around, the Pharisees kind of had this the status quo, the way of living, you know, all the pomp and ceremony and out loud prayer and overt, you know, um, really in-your-face kind of worship kind of stuff. And Jesus came along and he kind of messed that whole idea up. You know, he was like, no, love your enemy um, you know give um, if someone asked, um, asks you to walk a mile walk to um, all that kind of stuff and it was so anti what the common knowledge was right. um, so for us today I think that's I feel like I'm a broken record because I always say this but it's to be it's to not be a socially acceptable Christian and not not try to blend into your environment where, where you're with non-Christians but to really um, be unashamed of sharing the explicit gospel because the gospel Jesus wasn't apologizing you know he was coming in literally flipping tables and kicking people out of temples and stuff, you know. He was yep. he was unapologetic and he was kind of ruthless. So I think yeah. And I think within
0: that is walk, walking in humility though. Like they were they were expecting a king who was gonna ride in on a horse with the, you know, commanding of armies and he comes as a as a servant on a donkey yep. and he comes with peace, but within that he ushers in the most powerful kingdom of all time. Yep where people are being raised from the dead, where the miraculous is happening, where, you know, he has all authority on earth, but he comes riding in on a donkey when they expected a horse and going actually, you know, the way that we live, that humility, like coming in and going, if we live out of that place and we love people out of that place, then there's something that catches the attention.
1: Great. Hey, well, thanks, Scott. We're actually already out of time. I had about four questions to ask, but another time. Thanks very much, Julia. Back to you. Thank you.
0: Um, we're just going to go back into a time of worship, so I'd just, just love if you guys could stand up and, and join with us. Um, I guess one thing I, I was going to share, and I haven't had a chance so far, was um that we're... As a church, we're partnered with a whole lot of um, missions teams in in Mozambique, South Sudan, Thailand, and Laos. And one of the things that really struck me when I was preparing this and I was reminded of that in Laos, there are actually villages where in order for for these people to get their citizenships, they have to go to their headman. To be able to, to get their papers And if they come to faith Then often they will actually Deny them of their papers And so they, they become nothing Within their nation They literally have no citizenship Within their nation But the realisation That Jesus is their king And their citizenship in heaven Determines to them That it is worth giving up Their earthly citizenship In order to pursue him And I just find that so, so challenging and going, actually, what is, what is it that, that God has gone, you know, what do I hold so much higher than what he actually values? What are the things that I'm actually pursuing about his kingdom? What are the things that I'm actually outworking? Do I know his heart? Do I know the heart of my king? Do I trust in his sovereignty and in his power? And I guess that's just kind of my musings and my, my thinkings, but I just encourage you maybe as we sing these songs, you know, is there something that you would reflect on? If you had to give up your earthly citizenship, you had to give up your rights and your authority, do you trust enough in his kingdom citizenship and his authority to go, yeah, God, like I'm in, I trust you are so real to me. And, and if if you're not in that place, and I encourage you to maybe have a chat to someone tonight or maybe just even now, just ask the Holy Spirit to come. Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to show you. Ask God to, you know, to share with you tonight. Father God, we just, we come to you as Almighty God. Lord, we thank you for your sovereignty. Lord, we thank you that there is nothing that escapes your attention or your care. And Father, we just, we just pray that you will speak to us tonight. Because, Lord, we want to know you as our king. Father, we want to be people of your kingdom, where people can look at us, can look at us as a community, as a family, but can also look at our lives and see that there is something different that is shaped by our relationship with you. God, we want to live out the values of your kingdom. We want to live under the authority of your kingdom. And Lord, we know that we can only do that by your help and by your hand. So Father, we just pray right now, Lord, that you will come, you will speak to us. Lord, that you will draw us near and draw us closer in the name of Jesus.